Hi, my name is Amber Semerow, and you're listening to the Homeschool Success Stories podcast, where I interview homeschool moms. So anyway, the first thing that I always ask people is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you got into homeschooling. So a little bit about myself. I am the oldest of six. I have four brothers and a baby sister um, who's 10 years younger than me, so she's not really a baby anymore. But <laughs> um, and I grew up in Mexico, so my family moved there when I was seven, and then uh, we moved to California for the next two years for sixth and seventh grade, and then back to, Cal- uh, to Mexico when I was in eighth grade. We moved around a lot. I went to four different junior highs, and then um, I went to high school in the same high school because my parents wanted all the kids to have a U.S. experience, and they had a good high school experience and whatever. So I actually had a really good high school experience. I actually really, really loved high school. Um, the I love school. I love the academics. I love working. I love math. I got a five on the AP calculus test. Um, very proud of it. Um, I did not get fives on the other AP tests that I took. Unfortunately, I uh, dislocated my shoulder. When I was in high school, I also played basketball. So I really did a lot of stuff. But I have to say, I was never the same after I dislocated my shoulder. Um, Before that, I just did every assignment, everything that anybody, any of my teachers asked. I did it. Top A student. And after my shoulder, like, I don't know, there was a change in me. And then by the time I got to college, I was, I was pretty burned out academically. And um, I also wanted to focus more of my attention just on social skills because I felt like I wasn't really that good with people. And so um, that's kind of a little bit about my background when I started looking into homeschooling. Um, so... Let's see. So, yeah, so I went, oh, I wanted to say that probably my first intro into homeschooling was uh, during the time that we lived in Mexico. I was 10, so about fifth grade, I think. Um, My family moved to Peru for two months, which was awesome. I still remember it. Um, And this, this will tie back in because travel has been important to me. Um, and I think it, it's just, it's really important thing. And it's something that we've done with our kids. We've been living in France recently, but I'll get there. So anyway, um, yeah, so we got all our, all our work from school, which was a little private Christian school in Mexico, but we were all surprised because it was really cool because my parents, um, had us, we, we lived in this little house thing And then um, we would go on field trips every week. So on the weekends, my dad, well, during the week, my dad would do his job. And then on the weekends, we would go and we toured all over. We went to Machu Picchu. We went to all different kinds of um, ruins. There's just a ton around there. We drove to the Andes and like the winding mountains and everything. Um, And then it was almost time to go home. And we hadn't done any schoolwork the whole time whole two months and we did it all in like a couple of days so we just like got all our worksheets that we had brought with us from school and hurried and finished them so that was kind of my first like intro into homeschool so my mom had a hard time when I first decided to homeschool because she was like 
you know, she's just more worried about the kids. Um, but you know, years later I'm like, but you know what? It is kind of your fault because you actually did kind of homeschool us for two months. So anyway, she loves it now because my oldest is 21. Well, and, and I have teenagers and they're all great kids and they're all doing well and they're all going to college and, um, it's, it's worked for, I mean, it's worked. It's not, it hasn't been easy, but it has definitely worked for us, uh, overall. So, um, my next intro to homeschool was when I was in college, my roommate, she wasn't homeschooled, but her family, her young, she was from a family of like 15 kids. So she was very unique that way. And I was just like, wow, like really intrigued by that. And I met, I got to meet like her cousins because her parents had, her mother's parents had like 10 kids and each of their kids had like 10 kids. So she had like over a hundred cousins. So I got to meet a lot of them and some of them had been homeschooled. And the thing that was the most surprising to me was they all played musical instruments and they were all reading these books that I didn't even know what they were. The other thing was, is that, you know, this was my freshman year in college and I remember like just wondering why don't I know things like I thought I was a top student but here I am in this political science 201 class I got an A in the class Um, I could read the material we read Aristotle we read Plato we read um, Thomas Aquinas uh, we read um, City of God Augustine like all this stuff But I did not have a basis for why. I didn't understand that the Greeks came before the Romans. Somehow, like, that just was missing in my education. And I just felt a little bit gypped. And there was just, like, a lot of things that I just didn't know. And I felt like, you know, if I'm a top student, why don't I know, like, these, like, kind of general basic things? So when I met um, this friend of mine, her, my roommate, her uh, siblings and stuff, then it kind of opened up to me like, look, there's all these other things that I don't know either. And that really kind of bothered me because shouldn't I at least know that it's there? Like, I don't have to have read all the great books. I don't have to know everything in history, but shouldn't I have like a good, um, like understanding of like, world events, you know, I mean, I knew that there were Greeks, I knew there were Romans, but, you know, I knew there were Egyptians, I had traveled a lot, I'd even gotten, had an opportunity to go to Hong Kong, Um, but there were just like these gaping holes in my education, I felt like, so when my daughter, when I had my first kid, when she was about three, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to check out this homeschool stuff. And so, um, I went online, we had the internet finally, um, and I read different blogs and I talked to this friend of mine, I talked to her mom, um, and she recommended Karen Andriola's book. I don't remember the name of it anymore. I'll have to look it up for you. Um, but it was a lot, it was, it was a Charlotte Mason's companion. And so I read that I read, um, Well, I didn't read like a ton, but I got enough that with my daughter being three, I was like, I want to try this. Like this seems like really, uh, really interesting. Also, like I'm not afraid of um, 
curriculum. I'm not afraid of teaching my kids. I know that I'm capable. And so, um, so it just seemed like, yeah, let's try this out. Um, the, and the more that I learned about it, the more I liked it. And then of course there were several groups that I was able to join. And so then I was able to meet other people and then, um, I was able to go and talk to other veteran homeschoolers. I went to homeschooling conferences where there were speakers and probably my, uh, most, uh, inspirational people that, that helped me, uh, were Susan Weisbauer with The Well-Trained Mind and John Taylor Gatto. And I have to say that, yeah, I started out really pretty academic. And my poor oldest daughter, she is a musician now. She's majoring in music um, and she has an album and she writes music and she writes songs. And she started when she was six years old. She would just go on the piano and she would just play. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. But when she was three years old, I had her tracing um, letters, like, you know, and finally I'm like, what am I doing? This poor kid, she's only like three years old, three or, you know, four years old. Also, I tried to like teach her colors and stuff. So I was like, that didn't go so well. You know, I'd be like, okay, yellow, red, blue. And she just was not getting it. And I was like, well, maybe she's not old enough and whatever. So, um, yeah. So then I read more books and read more about it. I was like, well, you know, in Sweden, they don't even start, um, academic work until the kids are like seven, seven years old. So, so I kind of laid off a little bit and, uh, kind of did kind of a more unschooling approach. Like we did lots of, um, drawing. We did lots and lots of reading and my girls loved books. We'd go to the library just about every week and we'd get a stack of books and they would just open them up and read them and go through them. They'd sit and draw a lot. Um, it was simple, you know, um, we started off with Saxon math and that was like torture for me. I just, I hated it so much. We did it like three days. I did it. It was like, oh man, I, just no pictures. And so my daughter, that's what she started with, with Saxon math. And it was just, uh, not fun. So eventually we switched over to Singapore math and that was a lot better, but it became clear early on that math was not going to be her strong suit. Um, but I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of let the girls do whatever kind of, uh, cause they, they, I taught them how to read and they knew how to write and they would write stories. And so I was like, I think they're learning. And then when my oldest was about 10, she was only on like Singapore math, like 2B or something. And I was just like, mm, this is not okay. <laughs> because I want her to get into college and I want her to be able to do what she wants to do and not have any doors closed to her. So we, so I kind of took that time and I would just sit with her every day for two to four hours a day to get her caught up in math. And, um, yeah, 
looking back now, it probably like I just wanted so much for my kids to to take calculus like I did. Um that it was it was hard to let that go and I wanted I wanted that for her. Um and so she was in so we got that done, but it was kind of disappointing because we didn't have time to do some of the other stuff that I had hoped that we would have time to do because I was like, if I was homeschooled, then I would have learned all this other stuff and I would have learned, you know, I don't know. I would have been actively engaged doing things and and it would have been awesome. And then, you know, my second daughter, that is kind of how math came easy to her. And so it sort of, um, it sort of, was a little interesting. It was it was kind of interesting to have this first child, his very artistic um, start, because um, I wanted her to do math, but that wasn't her strong point. And then my next daughter, she does have a math mind, but I didn't want my older daughter to feel bad if the younger daughter passed her up. So. She kind of got into some bad habits because I kind of slowed her down a little bit. Like, I didn't really slow her down, but I was just like, nah, it's all right if you only do one or two pages of math instead of, you know, 10, which is which is what we do a lot now. But anyway, um, if I could go back with those two, I would just have them, I would just have them do their best, like not compare kids just have each kid do their best and challenge them because my second daughter got a little bit lazy because she it was never challenging so when she got to junior high and got to algebra 2 um it it was a little bit harder for her um to just have that discipline my older daughter because she did so much math really got disciplined and the thing that was good about that too is that she is not afraid of math she knows she can do it if she wanted to or had to one thing that we figured out with her when she was in junior high doing algebra is that you know finally I just learned okay I'm gonna explain it as best I can and you know like that's as good as I can do and then she would sleep on and, and like she still wouldn't understand it but it's like I don't know how else to explain this so like when she was in first grade we there was a concept of more than and, and less than so she understood that but she could not get how many more so there's five pens in this hand and two pens in this hand which one has more this one has five this one has two this one has more. She got that. But when I said, how many more? She just could not get that. It was like, just couldn't get it. So um, anyway, you know, and then eventually she did. She just magically got it. So eventually I learned, just explain it as best I can. And then the way her brain works is she'll go to sleep. And the next morning, it will just magically make sense. So um, she had a lot of benefit from having math be a weakness because she learned to really discipline herself and learned how she best learns. And so she got straight A's her freshman year of college. 
um, she did really well. She, um, she did part-time school when we lived in New Hampshire and, uh, New Hampshire is my, by far my favorite place to homeschool because they have, um, an online charter school, which anyone can take, even kids that are in school, they can take classes, these online classes, and they're free, paid for by the state, um, and they come with a teacher who checks in on the kids once a month, and then it has all the tests and quizzes and everything all online, so both my two oldest daughters, when we moved to New Hampshire, the oldest was 15, and the younger one was 13, and so they both took classes on there and it was really good because they had never really had like a teacher following through with them um, and having to take tests and having to have assignments due at certain times and stuff because the way that that we had done it is just like kind of like we talk about what we're doing we write about it but like we don't always have a deadline and you know so and we definitely don't do uh multiple choice tests, <laughs> you know, so, um, anyway, so it ended up being like a really good thing for her with that math. Um, and then my second daughter, she flew through Singapore math and I mean, she'd get stuck sometimes, but it wasn't hard for her. And, uh, so then when she hit algebra two, then it finally got hard and she was in school and she didn't know how to ask for help and I didn't I thought well she's in school so I don't have to worry about it but um, it turns out when your kids are in school you have to follow up with them still and it's just harder because you don't know what's going on Um, so anyway that was them and they're both doing well in fact my second daughter also finished her first year they both Um, went to BYU-Idaho their first year of college, and then they both went on missions. Um, The older one got to finish her mission. The second one just got sent home because her mission closed because of the pandemic. Um, And so she's probably, she's going to look and see what classes she's going to do. And um, yeah, so we'll see. And then my third son... Oh boy. So that was the girls. And so I kind of started off too strict and then reading all this homeschool stuff, I went too loose for us because unschooling doesn't work for us because there we have eight kids. And so what we've come to over the years, over time is a checklist And so everybody has a checklist and school is just the same as if it was a chore. So included on our checklist when the kids are young, especially is brush your teeth, get dressed, comb your hair, um, you know, make your bed, clean your room and do something, eat breakfast. This is, this is important. Sometimes kids forget to eat breakfast and then they're so hungry when it's time to work. So, um, Anyway, so on that checklist also is math, you know, 20 pages a week. Uh, And it it has to be really specific. Whatever we do, they have to know exactly what it is. Um, And they need to know at the beginning of the week and not at the end. (laughs) Because if I add stuff in the middle, it freaks some of them out. So um, if I see that, that a kid is not being challenged enough or needs to do a little bit more, then I add 
stuff but for next week so I say that's really good good job finishing that and then next week let's also have you do x or whatever so um yeah so we found some um some so we really like Singapore math uh we also started them on Greek uh because my husband took Latin in high school. I, I did calculus. He did Latin. Um, and he, f- as a computer programmer, uh, what do they call them? Some kind of software engineer. That's what he is. And he feels like learning Latin really helped train his brain to be exact because with Latin, not only do you conjugate verbs like in Spanish, but you also decline the nouns. And there's like five different declensions. And so you have to be like word order doesn't matter as much in Latin as um, the endings of the words. So you have to be really clear in your thinking. And so we wanted to do kind of a more classical approach that way. And so there's a really, really great um, curriculum for uh, Koine Greek, which is the Greek that the Bible was written in. And so we, all the kids did that. It's three years and it, it really did help when we moved to France. Uh, it, the switch from Greek to French was not too bad because conjugations were already familiar. They were already familiar with nouns and verbs. And we felt like um, more important than punctuation practice in English is like understanding grammar. Like why do we say things the way we do? Why do we um, talk about, like, it's the substance of what we're talking about that matters more than, like, the punctuation. Not that punctuation is not important, because it is important, but um, it can be learned quickly and easily. Although my <laughs> third child is giving me a run for my money because he does not care, and he gives me papers that don't have periods at the end and I'm like come on so anyway hopefully uh he shapes up his dad is taking over now and I think it is really helpful when you are kind of a team with both the mom and the dad because uh especially boys I think they don't want to listen they don't want to do what you tell them to Um, it does seem to get easier with the younger kids, the older kids, when they hit high school age, it's a lot harder for them to believe you as parents because why isn't anybody else doing this? And why are you the only one telling me that things are this way or whatever, or that this will help me? Um, and so it's really helpful if you're kind of on the same page with the kids other parent because then you can support each other and kind of give them that support um I think uh as far as so that's basically so I just covered I guess I didn't say how which ages my kids are so I've got my oldest is 21 then 19 then 17 so he is a junior because he has a late birthday Um, so what he and his sister did since we lived in France, um, there was not much opportunity for them to do anything outside of the house 
and traveling, which traveling was awesome. And we also did um, French learning on Skype with teachers, you know, native speaking teachers. So they all really learned French pretty well. Um, but ugh, it was hard for me because we really had to kind of put math and history and science on the back burner so that they could learn French because it just took so much time especially for my third son we sent all of the kids so we lived in Utah for well we my oldest was born in California we lived in the Bay Area for a couple years and then my husband got the opportunity to work from home he's a computer software developer and so um we had the opportunity to move and our fam my family was in Utah his family wasn't yet but they moved there the same year that we uh, moved to New Hampshire so anyway we lived there um and it was it was kind of difficult to homeschool there overall um a lot of people uh, uh but so anyway, there's kind of a different dynamic that we had to deal with because we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, known as Mormons. We believe in the Book of Mormon, so we are Mormon um, believers. And uh, living in Utah, the wards, the people you go to church with are are in your neighborhood, and it's often just a very small group, and so... If you're in a neighborhood where most of the people are young, then everyone at church is young. If most of the people are older, then everyone at church is older. So our first house, everybody was like in their 40s. They all had uh, teenagers and we had a two-year-old. So we're always like kind of off. So then our next um, house was had kind of more of a mix of young and old. But we were the only ones that homeschooled. And a lot of people were like, but we live in the best, this is the best school district in the state. Like, why wouldn't you want to send your kids to school? And some of them felt like we were, like, like we didn't like them or that we were uh, not making it easier for them with their kids because our kids weren't going to school with their kids. And it would have been so nice if they could have been in the same class and at church, you know, so... We kind of had this, but it, but it was okay. Um, it wasn't too bad um, because we had lots of homeschool friends and lots of other activities and soccer and dance and stuff like that. But then, like, our all our friends moved, like, over the period of, of a year. And so, um, and, and my oldest was... No, she was 11 and 10. She was 10 and I had twins. And this is about when everybody started moving. And um, the twins were number 6 and 7. They're 10 now. So this is 10 years ago. And um, it was just hard because I could... It was hard to go make new friends. And... The ones that I did know that were still kind of around, they were all really into um, what's termed TJ Ed, this Thomas Jefferson education, which um, 
a lot of people just really love it. I didn't like it. I didn't, it wasn't for me. Um, but it really dominated the homeschool community. And so, um, since I didn't really like the philosophy of it, it was kind of hard to make new friends. So finally I'm like, well, you know, it was kind of like, we kind of got into a situation where it was like, either you go to public school or you do this TJ Ed thing. And so I was about ready to put her in school because she just really didn't have friends, but my husband wasn't quite ready to do that. And, um, so we decided to, uh, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll just put her in with this TJ Ed group, you know. So I call and they're like, oh, we're full. And I'm like, really? Because, like, whatever. So um, anyway, so we ended up moving. My husband got a different job and stuff. And so we ended up moving. And that was good. And our homeschoolers, our, our backyard neighbors were homeschoolers. And there were, like, five other homeschool families in the ward and it just was more accepted and we had a a homeschool group with lots of people and so that just made it a lot easier but even so when the girls you know they were junior high age they were really curious about school and my other daughter had been the whole time and a lot of the messages that we were getting from church and from the neighborhood and from around was just like, why are you homeschooling? Like, that's just weird and stuff. And so um, we decided to send her to school so she could see what it was like. She was in seventh, eighth grade. And um, then the other kids wanted to go to school too. So we were like, okay, well, everybody can go to school. So we signed everybody up. Yeah, because also at our house, we lived across the street from this little park, and so the kids could see that there was a school bus every day. So it was hard to homeschool there. <laughs> it was really hard to homeschool there. And the kids, but it was it was nice because they went to school and they saw that they weren't behind, that they had done things that other kids hadn't done, and that they were normal and they could fit in and they were fine. And I was a little bit worried about my third child. Like, is he a little bit behind? This teacher's like, no, he's, he's actually right on par with everybody else. So that was the first time that we had like some positive feedback from homeschooling that it had been working. Um, and yeah, so they all went a half a year, and then the next year, the girls, we had the girls go ahead and do part-time school, and it worked out really well because it was A-day, B-day, so they could go on, I think they went on A-days, and um, my daughter was able to join the jazz band, and she got to accompany the choir at the junior high, and really, really enjoyed that, and my other daughter... She was, so that would have been ninth grade and then seventh grade. My other daughter took like art and band. She started playing the trumpet and there was a really great band teacher there at the junior high. So, um, that was, that was a good experience. And then the other kids, my other son, I kept him home because what happened when he was in school, 
um, is he was on par uh, with the other kids and he was doing fine, but I could not get him to do anything else when he got home because I thought, well, maybe we can still do a little bit of Greek. Maybe we can still do some piano. And then I still had the um, second grader, the kindergartner, uh, the twins and the baby. And yeah, it just, it was a good time for the older kids to go because then I could potty train the twins. <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, but it, it was interesting because he was just so tired and I couldn't get him really to read any other books or practice the piano or do anything extra. That was like all of the energy that he had for learning and for academics was gone. By the time he came home from school, he would just be too tired to do anything else. So, um, we, so he didn't go back. And then the girls went back part-time for junior high because like, I can't run a choir or (laughs) do the music and the music program there was, was really, really great. So, um, yeah. So that was long answer to how many kids and what ages have you homeschooled. So then we moved to uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire was great because you could also do part-time school pretty easily. The schedule with the junior high didn't work out though because it was a really weird schedule. It was like uh, they had their classes at different times every day. So they would have they had eight classes total, but they'd only have seven classes each day. So each day, one of the classes wouldn't meet, so it would change every week. So there was no way that I was going to be able to keep up with that. But my son, who was in junior high at the time, was able to play on the soccer team. And so he got to go with the team on the school bus and go to different schools and play soccer. And he was able to do some VLAX classes, although he he didn't really, he wasn't quite ready for that yet. Um, and let's see. Uh, yeah, um, sorry, I'm looking at this, at these questions. What approaches did you use? I kind of talked about that. Um, and then the girls wanted to go to part-time high school and it ended up being really a really great experience for the oldest. Cause again, she accompanied the choir, but my younger daughter, And she also played on the volleyball team. My younger daughter, she got to play on the soccer team, but it just really wasn't her thing. She just didn't like it very much. Even though the coaches were so nice and the team was so nice, she just did not like it. And then um, she had loved the band teacher in Utah, but in New Hampshire, she... When we moved to New Hampshire, nobody went to school when we first moved there because we moved midterm. And when I talked to the schools, they just didn't really have a way for the kids to go start in the middle. So I was like, ah, well, I'll just homeschool them. And we've already got enough going on anyway. Um, And so when she got to high school, the band teacher, he just was not nice. And he loved saxophone players and she played the trumpet and there were only like two other trumpet players and she wasn't that good at it. And he really liked like talented students and so she just hated she had a she had to learn how to you know deal with that and overcome that and then she also did she was in algebra two in ninth grade because she was bright and she did geometry with VLAX 
and we had done plenty of, we, she had finished algebra before that. So anyway, she was on track to do calculus, but um, they had start, just started the Common Core stuff and she just got lost. And instead of asking for help, and I didn't realize that she needed help, um, her, her older sister, they had, there was the same class, I think they had different teachers. But um, she used our Algebra 2 book that we had, our Algebra 2 textbook, and she was fine. She got through it. And my daughter got through it, too, I think. I don't think she got an A, but she didn't get a C. She might have gotten, like, an A- minus or B plus or something. But anyway, when we moved to France, um, she started doing working through the Algebra 2 book that we have. And she just, like, jumped up in the middle, and she's like, wow, um... I'm not dumb, <laughs> which I felt so bad because I didn't realize how hard it had been for her. And I was like, well, of course you're not dumb. I know that because I've been teaching you. And when I have to explain something, most of the time I don't even have to explain it. She just gets it from the book. And when I do have to explain it, she would get it really fast. So, um, yeah, so her experience in high school in New Hampshire, she just she's like, thank you for homeschooling me, mom. Thank you. And so um, a lot of what kind of education is going to work best for your kids really depends on your kid. <laughs> and it depends on the teachers and the opportunities. So we've had both good and bad experiences in school. And um, yeah, and if we could go back that year, I would have just had the girls do, I wouldn't have them do math. I would have them do VLAX rather than math. VLAX is a virtual learning, whatever, academic system, I guess, the online charter school of New Hampshire. I would just have them do the online classes rather for math. And, um, I think they took Latin too. Um, yeah, I mean, so we did actually a lot of really good stuff. Um, it did seem like it, we had to ebb and flow a lot because we have a big family. There's a lot going on all the time. Um, it's hard to homeschool with toddlers and especially twins. Um, and then after the twins were born, we had lived in our same house about eight years and we were planning to just stay there because it was fine. But then, you know, things changed and I didn't anticipate that our friends would all move and that we wouldn't be able to find a good homeschool group um and that just made it hard and uh and my husband got a, a new job he had always been working from home before that he was now commuting an hour away so it made sense to move and so we did and we were there about two and a half years and that's that's a long story in and of itself it's a beautiful brand new house that we built um just how we wanted it fit our big giant van I had two sinks in the kitchen and two dishwashers and man it was a great house but um yeah but also when we were deciding to leave our other house in Utah we had taken the kids to the redwoods and to California and around and it was like a really fun trip and it was like the first time really that the kids were old enough to appreciate the travel. And it also opened our minds 
to the realization that our kids only knew Utah. And, you know, we drove through San Francisco and we're like, that's where dad's first um, job was in this building. And this is where we would go and walk along the wharf. And, you know, I grew up in Mexico and my husband grew up back east. And I mean, we had taken trips to visit his family in Ohio. And we had done uh, different road trips and stuff when the kids were little. We've gone to the meteors, but meteor parks and Yellowstone and uh, all the national parks in Utah and everything, which is really, really cool. But I think the kids hadn't really been old enough to appreciate it until that trip in uh, to the Redwoods. And it was kind of like an awakening for us, like, oh, wow, they only know Utah, really. I mean, we've been to Disneyland and the beach and stuff, but like they didn't have a concept really of what a big city is and stuff. And so it was like, you know, we wanted to give them a wider perspective of what life is and what you can do in life and and what opportunities are out there and stuff. So um, my husband uh, left the job that he was working at that he couldn't work from home and um, he got a job with the company that he's with now and he's been working from home ever since. So we stayed there until we were ready to move and so we moved after the semester so the girls got to do a little bit of music at the Utah Junior High and um, and then we were in New Hampshire and I just New Hampshire was such a breath of fresh air uh, for me as far as the homeschool community because nobody even knew what TJ Ed was which I loved Um, and everybody was just doing their own thing I mean there, and that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast is like just show like there's lots of ways to do this and it's okay. Like and there's a lot of ways to work that, that this is going to work. Um, so but there are interruptions in life and there are interruptions in homeschooling. And it was a little bit hard to um, not be able to do everything that I had wanted to do. Um, because I love school and I love doing it and it's so fun, but it's stuff that the kids had to do and the kids had to learn, they need to learn to be disciplined and they need to learn to organize their time. So the checklist has been really helpful, um, for that because then they know exactly what they need to do. And the nice thing with my boys is that they will do just about anything to play video games. So as long as their checklist is done, like we can play video games, but I'm going to talk about video games a little bit because I know it's something that we all struggle with. Um, and so, you know, when they were younger, uh, especially, well, my daughter still plays video games too, but, um, they would just get so into it and they wouldn't do anything else. And so, Um, one of my friends, she had this solution where her kids would just play on Fridays and Saturdays and then they, and then that would be it. And so when we started doing that, that really helped. And then also when it would get out of control, then we would take, um, just have screen free weeks. Now we, the kids play just about every day, but it's usually, but they have to have stuff done. And obviously it's kind of a different, um, 
environment. They're older, so it doesn't like hurt their brains as much, I don't think. They're a little more responsible and, you know, we're not really settled. So it's hard for them to do like other projects like they would in our own house. So, um, oh, but what I wanted to say is that one of the most important thing, one of the most helpful things that a veteran homeschool mom told me when talking about the ebbs and flows of life and stuff is that um, you... Um, if you do math and piano every day, those are like the two things that you can't just learn. So like science, we can get a science book or science curriculum and we can go through it in a couple of months and learn it. But it's a lot harder to do that with math. It's much easier to keep up on math a little bit every day and it builds. And the same with piano, like practicing all in one day on a Saturday is not going to be as good as practicing Monday through Friday, you know, even if it's not every day of the week, but practicing 15 minutes a day for five days is going to give you a lot better result than practicing three hours on one day because it just takes time to build these things out. So um, through all the crazy time, that's what we did. I made sure the kids read on their own. Um, Also, she told me the priority is whichever kid is learning how to read. Because once the kids know how to read, then they can educate themselves. And I know that's true for me. I learned so much history and so much about the world and everything just from reading books, even just fiction books. So um, so the priority is that they learn how to read. And then, of course, that they learn how to write. They need to be able to write. And then math. Math needs to be done every day. And then if you're doing piano, piano or whatever other musical instrument. And then for us, we also added in Greek. Foreign languages are important to us. So now it's also French. We've started Greek again with the younger kids. Um, And my two middle boys, well, my 17-year-old probably won't ever do any Latin, but uh, my uh, my other kids probably will all do Latin. But he did French, and French was hard enough for him. Uh, It was a challenge, in fact, So I'll tell you a little bit about um, our first year in France or a time in France. So it was nice to be in New Hampshire where there were so many great programs. There was like a science program run by the city. There were so many. We did so much traveling. We went up to Canada. We went to all of the East Coast historical places, Williamsburg and the Boston Freedom Trail and... um, There's, I cannot, I think for us, travel um, and field trips have just been so beneficial for the kids. Um, I would also say that, yeah, so what is your schedule like? So generally I would do like a four day a week schedule because I would need one day to do errands and clean. And then four days is enough for elementary school. When they hit junior high and high school, they can do so much more on their own. They don't need my help hardly at all. I'm mostly just checking that they did stuff. We call it um, teach yourself school. (laughs) So my husband and I find the curriculum and then the kids kind of have to take it from there. And that's what I was hoping is that in the elementary school years that we would have 
time to um, like learn together and do fun things together. And I learned so much with my kids. I learned so much history and so much science. Like I got really good at taking tests, but like actually knowing and understanding like what this meant, um, it wasn't as, I think some of that curiosity was gone because I was just focused on, on being able to take tests. So, um, so that part was really fun. And then I would also say that the most important thing is that, um, the kids develop a positive attitude and a strong character. Like they need to be disciplined and they need to be nice. They need to be good people. And the thing is, is that, you know, if somebody is super smart and they, just can learn really fast and they can do all these amazing things but they're a real jerk who cares like I don't care and um you know I don't care how smart you are I just or how smart that person is are they nice do they get along with others are they pleasant to be around um So that is my number one priority. And I think that doing schoolwork and learning things and doing the other activities, sports and music um, and gymnastics, theater, whatever else um, can really help build that that character, especially when things get hard or you don't want to go to the service project. I think church is good for that, to have opportunities to serve and stuff. So, but that's the number one thing. And so whenever we would run into uh, issues like kids aren't getting along or something else isn't going well, like we we go back to that. So um, also come junior high, high school age, like probably age 14, 15, 16, we have the kids do Ty Lopez's 67 steps. Um, Ty Lopez is like an entrepreneur guy, but he lived with the Amish for a couple years and he, his 67 steps are just really, really good. Just about mindset and attitude. What? No. Well, quickly, what do you need? No. So, um, anyway, so, like, there's that whole aspect that I think is lacking in traditional uh, education and in traditional, yeah, like, you know, I got out of school and I could do calculus, but uh, I was terrible at cleaning, you know, (laughs) just like, well, I still am kind of terrible at cleaning, but at least now I know what is supposed to be done, but I had to read like a lot of books to figure that out, you know, so there's a lot of stuff like life skills that are also important. They're underemphasized and character especially. And I think for the younger years, it's really important, um, for the kids to have time to be, to just be, and to just explore and to be outside. And I think 
that out, outside time was always important to me. Um, we, I tried to take them on lots of hikes and, um, you know, just make sure they had time to play around in the yard and just time to just not have to do anything. You know, we do have our checklist and we do have our stuff that we need to do, but like we would do it four days a week and then until they're older and then they can do it five days, but we wouldn't do it on Saturday. And then, you know, also so that they have time to think and time to figure out like what they want to do. And I think that's one of the best things about homeschooling is that you have the freedom to pick your curriculum and your philosophy. So I love um, the classical approach and the Charlotte Mason type stuff. I love all the books. My favorite part of homeschooling is in, in our homeschool is group time. And I still do that with my kids, even the high schoolers. Because it's an opportunity for us to read great books, great stories, and talk about it. And also the scriptures, because I am religious and the scriptures are very important to me. And I want to um, pass on to my kids what I have found useful. And we get to talk about, like, what really matters? What, what does this scripture mean, you know? And when Jesus says go and sin no more, like, that's what he means, and if someone says, I'm going to do this, and they don't, and then somebody else says, I'm not going to do that, but then they do, who did it? It wasn't the one that said they were going to do it and didn't. It was the one that actually went and did it, even if they said that they weren't going to do it, and so, like, those are the things that we can get out of great literature and out of things like the scriptures, and those are the things that I think really help um, with the kids when you talk to them. And also, like, just talking to the kids and um, being um, open and being able to help them work through their things and also being willing to work through your own stuff because we've all got baggage that we have to work through and limiting beliefs and ideas that maybe aren't quite right and so then we're not getting the results that we wish we were and you know we have to keep going and not give up and um and be positive and stuff so let's see okay so why'd you choose a homeschool i got that how many kids and which ages have you homeschooled got that what approaches did you use kind of everything, just a mix of everything. Um, I love supercharged science. I love the idea. We try to do a very results-oriented approach where we're looking at the, the final outcome. That's what I'm kind of talking about with the character. The most important thing is that my kids are good people and that they are happy. And so how can we get there? And then, you know, of course, to be happy, you want to be able to contribute. You want to be able to do good things. And so, you know, they need to know math. They need to be able to get into college. They need to do well enough on the ACT. They need to be able to communicate both verbally and um, written. And so one thing that we do now is oral reports. Every Friday, they do an oral report. So they get used to talking to people. So, but these are kind of the things like, we look at the end goal and then we work backwards and figure out how can we get there. You know, I wish that I had a better foundation of 
you know, Western philosophy and stuff. So we're doing the Iliad. We're using yesterday's classics and Memoria Press and stuff from Charlotte Mason. Um, languages are really important to us. We moved to France. That was a big reason that we moved to France was so that the kids could use learn French. Spanish is way easier, by the way. French is super hard. Um, but they did it. It took a lot of time, though. So, you know, there's always give and take. But overall, like, I feel like we're successful because the kids are flexible, they're adaptable, they're confident, they're nice, and they're good. They're good people. Um, and then beyond that, they speak French. Uh, they've done Greek and Latin, and they've traveled all over. So, like, uh, how do you put a price on that? I'm not sure. Um how do you foster a positive attitude amongst your children and in your family? So, um, oh, and then what is your schedule like? So schedule generally, the kids do the hard stuff in the morning, math. I clean and I help as needed. Some days they need lots of help and I don't get any cleaning done. Some days they don't need as much. Um, for the younger kids, I sit with them and I have to do stuff with them. That's just how it is. I've taken up crocheting. So that um, I don't get totally bored sitting there listening to them <laughs> read. But that you just have to be there. And then um, I do history, science, and languages all together with who's ever doing them. So right now I have a younger group and an older group. Um, and then, of course, whatever classes and activities that we have scheduled throughout the week, we work around those. When we were in France before the pandemic, we went to the park every Wednesday because and met some friends there. Um, they also did gymnastics. Um, right now, we're living with my brother, so it's a party every day with their cousins. Positive attitude, I think, is just a lot with um, just listening to them. My husband is is really good at this when there's an argument or a problem. He's like, okay, let me hear both sides. And so I've gotten better at it. And a lot of times when kids have problems and issues, they need to be heard. And sometimes when they say it out loud, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe um, maybe I wasn't being reasonable. Maybe I can do it differently. But like they work it out themselves when they hear it spoken. And sometimes they just need to know that you heard it and that you know that it wasn't fair. So um, children are really, um, really strong on fairness. Another thing that I learned, I kind of learned this from my mom because um, sometimes I'd be in huge trouble and I didn't think I would be. And other times I thought I'd be in huge trouble and I wouldn't, she didn't care at all. So I kind of have tried really hard to follow through. Also, I remember getting lots of empty threats as a kid. Like, if you don't do this, then you're not going to be able to blah, 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 blah. And it never, like, it didn't matter. So, um, so that's something that I always tried to do when my kids were little. I'd be like, you're going to go on timeout. But if I didn't want to get up and go put them on timeout, I wouldn't threaten that. So what I would do is I'd be like, you're on timeout like wherever they are because I didn't want to get up. Or like maybe it just doesn't really matter that much, you know. So, but things like running in the road, oh, there's consequences. I'm going to pick you up. You're going to be on the side. You're not running in the road, you know. But like not pick, not 
putting your plate in the sink because you forgot. I mean, you know, some things are more important than others. Um, I think animals are really good for kids. There's lots of uh, information on that. We've had dogs and sheep and chickens and a goat over the years. Um, and cats and guinea pigs. And they've gone and caught frogs in the pond. And, you know, it's just, it's fun. Um, so positive attitude. And I think just... I think another thing that is underestimated is to take time for yourself. One thing that I've always done is I've always exercised. The only time I didn't exercise through all this time, you know, I did sports in high school. So I think that helped me to feel how much better I feel when I exercise and to really love it. And so even if it's only like a 20 minute yoga video that doesn't make you breathe hard, like I feel better even if it's just that much. And the only time that exercise didn't help me was like a couple months after I had the twins, it made me just even more tired than I already was. I wasn't sleeping, you know, and all that kind of thing. But then as they got older, I got back into it again and I just feel better. It's like something that I do for myself, by myself, that nobody else can do. And um, when my kids were little, they would climb, they would do it with me. And sometimes they, you know, whenever I did yoga, they would be crawling underneath me and stuff. Um, but, and that's why I would only do it for 20 minutes, but it was good. And, um, you know, especially after the twins, I, you know, I'm the oldest of six. I have a pretty laid back attitude. And so, um, a lot of this stuff, having a lot of kids wasn't really too difficult for me. I felt very fulfilled with it and I really, really enjoyed it. Plus, um, I didn't really have to worry about money. My husband had always had a good job and stuff. And so, um, but after I had the twins, that is when I got a little bit overwhelmed and I could relate to other moms that feel that way, even with just one or two kids and, you know, special needs kids is a whole nother story and I think with all of that, you it's really important to try to find something that fills you. And I know that my mom said that she would do the laundry. And that made her feel good. And my mom is an excellent housekeeper. Um, and she just felt like if I do the laundry, at least I got that done. And for me, it's like if I exercise, at least I got that done. Okay, so what recommendations do you have? I think that kind of covered that. How do you keep organize your household and keep up with the housework? The kids have to help, especially in our situation. There's just no way around it. There aren't enough hours in the day for me to be able to do everything myself or else I'd have to hire somebody. Um, so we have jobs and it's been working out pretty well. Like everybody washes their number of dishes, the, uh, how old they are. So if you're 10, you wash 10 dishes. If you're 17, you wash 17. Um, and then now we have a job chart. And so now we just have like uh, your turn to load the dishwasher, your turn to sweep the floor, your turn to wipe off the counters, your turn to put the food away. And it's just all listed out. So that really helps a lot. And then just developing good habits of cleaning up after yourself and cleaning your room, making your bed, that kind of thing. Um, what mistakes have you made? What would you do differently? Like I said earlier, I would not keep 
one child back so that an older child doesn't feel bad. With my twins, I have one who is kind of more academic and one who is not, and I haven't held the one back. So one of my twins is, I think, two math books ahead of his twin brother, and you know what? That's okay because his twin brother is really is really athletic. He just can, like, jump, and so every, we all have strengths and weaknesses, and I think it's really important to emphasize those strengths. What have you done well? I think we've done really well traveling, um, doing field trips, uh, doing activities, going out and like doing lots of things. I think we've done pretty well with the checklist. Everybody's done math. Maybe we probably won't. I think some of my younger kids will probably get through calculus unless we decide to move to a different country and learn a different language. Um, but you know, I think we've done pretty well. And I think probably my favorite thing about it all is just how close my kids are with each other and with us. Like we really do get along and they're nice. I, I really enjoy my kids. They're good people. And I think also they've been able to explore their interests. So my oldest, like I said, she's a musician. Um, my second daughter, she just loves art. She loves digital art. She, um, loves writing and um, she's been able to do a lot of that and then my third son is very hands-on he can fix anything which is so nice so when we have broken appliances he'll fix them the dryer the washer the pressure cooker the microwave actually we don't have a microwave but if we had one he'd be able to fix it um must do for your homeschool program uh, yeah, probably the character. Best thing about homeschooling is definitely the freedom because we have the freedom to pick our curriculum, to do it with our strengths. The kids have time to do things that they're interested in. They've been able to make movies. We've been able to do things like have sheep and farm and travel and stuff. The hardest part for me has been um, just the support. Finding good support, um, that was hard because we had a, a lot of people, and I already talked about that, who didn't, just didn't understand. And we had to do it anyway. And, you know, it really is kind of like just a step in the darkness because it was like I could see that this was good for my family. But on the other side, it was like, why are you doing this? You're, you're going to ruin your kids. And so it was like, you know, we just had to, keep going and really had to learn to not listen to people so much and to not care so much about what people think and it's a lot nicer being on the other end because we can see that yes it did work and it is helpful too because like my oldest didn't have an older sibling to see that see this does work um, and the younger kids have been able to see that she's been fine and she's doing great and so they have a lot more confidence um, how did you change over time in your homeschooling? I, yeah, lots of changes, like super strict in the beginning, too loose in the middle. And I think we have a pretty happy medium now with our checklists and everybody checking stuff off and figuring out what to do. And we just kind of take it, you know, some kids need extra help in spelling. So I go find a spelling curriculum. Some kids need extra help with writing, so we go find a, a 
writing class, you know, um, science. This kid's really interested in science. I love supercharged science. It's great. What key things gave you success? I think just uh, being open, keeping learning, and um, being happy and enjoying it and having fun with it. Any tips or recommendations? What would you tell yourself when you first started? So I would tell myself, keep going. It is going to work. It's going to be great. Don't worry about what other people say. Um, it's going to be awesome. It will work. Tips, recommendations. Uh, do what works for you. That is my tip. Do what works for you. And and that's going to be different for everybody because we all have different strengths and weaknesses, different interests, different ideas, different priorities, different circumstances. So do what works for you. And if that's sending your kids to school, then send them to school. But, you know, when you do send them to school, you have to keep track of stuff and you've got to take care of it. And for me, it was easier to homeschool. Um yeah, so that is pretty much it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Um, I've just pretty much laid everything out for you. If you have any questions or you would like to hear more about anything, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I will try to have, I, I do have a blog with a lot of my favorite curriculum and stuff on there. So I'll put that in the show notes and um just thank you for being here and um, thank you for taking the time. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. I hope this one has been good for you and um, I look forward to hearing about your homeschool success story. So thanks again and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.